Hello, friends, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. It's mid-January, and that means the International UFO Congress is right around the corner. The International UFO Congress is a long-running UFO conference that's entering its 27th year. As far as annual conferences focused on UFOs go, this one has been the best, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm probably biased because we at Rogue Planet were part of the conference's organization and management team for many years. But still, this is a five-day conference filled with more than 20 presentations on a variety of UFO-related topics. The International UFO Congress is under new ownership this year, but promises to deliver the same experience people have come to expect at the event. To give you a little preview of this year's conference, I recently spoke with Alejandro Rojas, the event's MC and one of its organizers. Mr. Rojas, I am giddy to be chatting with you right now because I don't know if uh, if you feel the same way, but I, I, to me it seems like every time we're on the mic together, we cause trouble. Yeah, lots of trouble. And we have <laughs> lots of fun, though, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, it, it was. It's always fun being on the air with you. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. Well, you know, I, I do miss our good old days on, on Open Minds UFO Radio. We, we did get into quite a bit of trouble on that show together. <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> it's almost impossible not to get in trouble. Just sharing your an opinion is oh, that's right. They cause a lot of people to. That's get right. And fortunately, you and I never, never really fought all that much. We got heated sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah, not really. Even if we disagree, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, well, uh, yeah. Neither of us are that type of person. Though, that's right. All heated and, and everything, and, and I don't you, think usually mm-hmm. we were in the same room together, so we just like make faces at each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, buddy, I am happy to have you on today because you are the man to talk to when it comes to the International UFO Congress. And as surprising it is, as it is, it's almost Congress time. I know. Time flies. It, it's crazy. It just seems like a few months ago that we wrapped up the last one. and Here we are again, right in the, the heat of it, you know. I bet. Yeah, it's it's sneaking up. This time of year always comes so fast. And so I wanted to have you on today to kind of talk about this event with you because you are the man to talk to about this. And I'm sure that most people interested in UFOs and certainly people who listen to UFO podcasts are probably familiar with the International UFO Congress at this point. But for people who might not be familiar with it or, you know, haven't attended this conference before... Um, what is the International UFO Congress? It is the largest UFO-centered event um, in the country, perhaps more. I mean, we've got competition, but I think, you know, we're more UFO-centered than anything else. And we are a, conf- a, a conference in the way, uh, a traditional, you know, you go to a hotel, you listen to lectures, we just do one at a time. And, and we still, no one has uh, been given the Guinness World Record for the largest conference since we have in 2014. So we still hold that that uh, title. The Guinness World Record holding conference for largest UFO conference in the world. That's yeah. super cool. And I mean, it's it's hard to wrap your head around just 
what a monster of an event this is because there are so many speakers, people that are giving lectures. Yeah. Other conferences, you know, you typically last a weekend. And even then, um, maybe they try to pack in as much as they can, which can be kind of a bummer because then you don't get as much time to mingle and talk with one another. Yeah. Or they just don't have very many speakers. And so the beauty of this one being five days is that you have a ton of speakers, but we also have a ton of time for people to interact with each other. And that's always been a really important part of this conference. And not just for um, people to interact with each other, but also for people who do work in this field to interact with each other. So uh, we have a lot of people coming to the conference who, you know, aren't even speakers, but are like Stanton Friedman or Kathleen Martin who come to the event every year. And so you can talk with them and, and they get to interact with their colleagues and everything. So uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, when you and I first, when we brought it to Arizona, um, we didn't know how it would go, and we wanted to keep right. the tradition of what the conference was, and luckily it's continued to do well and grow. I mean, it's a lot bigger than it used to be. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought up that point of the social aspect because, you know, I, I think if you haven't experienced it, a lot of people aren't, aren't familiar that uh, that's such an important aspect of a conference like this. You know, some people mm -hmm. say, oh, why would I go to a conference? I've heard these people give that lecture before. Or they talk about it all the time online or why, why can't I stream this online and just watch it from my computer? <laughs> you know, all those things are great. And yes, if you're just after like, give me the information, I want it now and I'm done, that's, that's fine. You know, you can get that elsewhere. But the real value of an event like this, I think, is that social interaction. You can't get that anywhere else. And you get that yeah. real, real sense of community there. And mm -hmm. it's just so cool walking down those halls, seeing all these researchers and just like-minded people, people who were so enthusiastic and excited to have conversations, to hear what others have to say. I think it's so important. And I, I highly encourage people to check out a conference, this conference in particular, for nothing, uh, you know, if, if for nothing more than that, for that sense of community and just having conversations with people. And one thing I want to talk about, because this was an experience that we had together, uh, is just the venue is is remarkable. It's right. so gorgeous and nice. And it was funny because when you and I, when they, they asked us to come do a visit, their rates were just way too high. <laughs> yes. But we did it twofold because it's so nice out there. And plus, yeah. we figured we'd get a free lunch out of it. <laughs> and uh, at the end, you know, we said, well, we've got an offer that's way, way, way lower than what you've got. And right. unless you can um, match that, then I think we're going to go with the other one. And to our surprise, they matched it. Right. Which would, yeah, very much a surprise because it's a ridiculously nice resort. <laughs> mm -hmm. really and, nice. and the desert is hard to beat. It's just beautiful desert. Mm -hmm. Um and that's something you experience if you go to this conference because you are right there in the heart of it. So before we get into some of the, the other aspects of the conference and, and what it has to offer, let's dive into some of the people you have coming this year. Um, again, like I said, a massive lineup because that's something that the Congress has always had. Mm -hmm. What is it, something like 25 speakers? Yeah, I think right now we've got uh, 25 that okay. we're at. Yeah, that, that's or no, 20. Well, it depends on who you include, sure. but 
It's more along the lines of 22 actual speakers, but then we have people like Ben Hansen who do the Skywatch and Yvonne Smith who hosts the uh, abduction panel and then me who uh, MCs. Right. And the panel discussions are always cool too. And, and let's mm-hmm. highlight that for a minute because, you know, Travis Walton is somebody who has uh, spoken at this event several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who want to poo poo that and say, oh, Travis Walton, I've heard it before, um, he manages to, and certainly at this event, he's managed to bring new elements to the Travis Walton case. Um, you know, I know mm-hmm. when, when we had a, a Travis panel, there were people there, you know, his colleagues who were present when the incident occurred and having them on a panel and hearing them verify the story and talk about their, you know, it was going through their own minds, hearing that stuff is just an unreal experience for anybody, uh, you know, who knows anything about the case and you're doing it again this year with something new. Yeah. That's what's funny is that there are often speakers where people will say, Oh, not him again. But you know what? We've never had that with Travis, even though he's pretty much, we've had a a policy where we don't ask someone back. Um, the next couple of years, you know, we typically like to wait at least three years or, you know, before we have someone back. Sure. Um, the only one that we haven't done that with, uh, we used to have Jaime, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, well, honestly, you, you, I had issues. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you would want to admit whether or not you had issues with some of, cause we would write stories about a lot of the cases and, and you know, write about how it was figured out what this or that was. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. And, and then that would be a big, big highlighted yeah. component of his presentation. And you're like, Oh, come on, come on. So luckily <laughs> he, he, his antics caught up with him. Yeah. And, um, uh, so he's, he's no longer a regular, but Travis has been cause he's local yeah. and there's so much to the story and people want to hear more and more and more and more. And this year is great. So these are two people that actually, my girlfriend, Karen, she helped run the 40th anniversary for, or she ran it for Travis Walton. That's right. Uh, an event out in the woods, uh, a small event. And to do that, she researched and she was able to find the police officer who was on the scene first. So when those guys were freaked out, they couldn't find Travis after they, they saw this craft and everything. They called the cops. Uh, they the, the dispatch told them, OK, go to this parking lot and we'll have an officer meet you. That officer was Chuck Ellison. And um, the first time he had seen any of these guys, the first time he had met Travis uh, at all and seen any of these guys since the event had occurred was at that event uh, a few couple years ago for the anniversary. Hmm. And he was just great. He was really cool. It was really interesting. And to speak to the credibility of the case, nobody knew what he was going to say. He could have said, oh, I knew from the moment I laid eyes on these guys, they were full of it. So nobody knew what he was going to say. So it was really cool to hear him speak. And he's just down to earth. And he just makes sense. People ask him tough questions. Why didn't you guys do this? Why didn't you guys do that? Ask police officers. And he says, here's why. Here's why we did what we did. And here's what I felt about things. So I don't want to reveal kind of for people exactly all the details. You might have seen the video online, but really cool. And then, so that's really interesting. The other one is his brother. 
his brother, I don't think, has ever talked before in a public manner except for at that anniversary thing. Again, Karen was able to talk him into that. And now they're both. He's also coming to the event. And his brother has a really interesting story because what happened when Travis was gone is this media frenzy. People are, you know, mobbing their home and everything. Like you see on television, it was just insanity. And so that that aspect of the story that he has to share is also very, very interesting, and it adds a lot to the case and the credibility of the case. And that's what's fascinating about this case, knowing Travis, knowing these witnesses. Uh, the more you find out and the more you know, to me, the more credibility this case gets. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, that's also something else that just— one of my pet peeves with the, the, the UFO research field is just the, the quickness with which many people— dismiss um old cases you know they think oh it happened in the past i've heard all the information there is to hear about it um kind of done move on don't want to hear about it again but let's take travis's case in particular and look how much new information has come out just in recent years i mean this is a case that Mm -hmm. continues to evolve yeah. For instance, the hearing from these two people, you haven't heard this before. Exactly. Um, maybe you were at that event and you heard some. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time anybody had heard any of this. And now at this event, uh, now that some of us have experience with knowing what they had talked about, we can even explore more yeah. and hear more information that's just never been heard about this event. That's so cool. Oh, well, mm-hmm. good job with that that's one. That's, one. That one's Thanks. super exciting. Um, another very exciting element um, for this year's event is the international aspect. And, you know, that's always been something of the mm-hmm. International UFO Congress. Um, but it, it's definitely present this year. And somebody you have coming is Hoktan Octagon. And mm-hmm. he's fantastic for nothing other than his uh, his name. Like, it's fun to say his name, <laughs> Hoktan Octagon. Yeah. Like, I can't wait till you get to get on stage and introduce Hoktan Octagon. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool, too. Yeah, I mean, is. I know you've met him. He, yeah. he spoke at the conference uh, before we had it. Right. When, you know, you and I went um, back when they had it in Laughlin, the previous owners and a really cool guy, yeah. really interesting stuff. He's done some important stuff there in Turkey. Right. So we were lucky to get him. And really, it's just been luck. It's hard to get international people because they're expensive yep. and, and the coordination is really difficult. And this event, you know, to your point earlier, it costs tens of thousands of dollars. If people saw the size of these bills, right. their jaws would drop. That's yeah. why we can't give it all out for free. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and there's a lot of money on the line. So uh, luckily this year we've been able to get a few great international people. Yeah, that's great. And like, like you said, m- more times than not, it just comes down to to luck and things just happening to align at the right time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. And you got Robbie Graham, too. Robbie Graham is always fun. Cool to see him coming. Yeah, that's super exciting because uh, he keeps, you know, he's he's been a big splash, at least in to UFO researchers who have seen his work and everything. And then, you know, he released his book. I think you're in the book, right? I am not. I, I was oh, okay. in the initial stages of the book, but uh, no, I'm not part of the book. But so many, so many people are in this book that contributed to this Ryan book. Sprague. Yeah, Ryan Sprague is. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Greg Bishop, who spoke last year, he's a great right. friend. Uh, he's going to be at the conference uh, because he's uh, in the book, and this is a chance for a lot of people 
to meet Robbie because we many of us haven't met him because he's out in the UK and I don't know that he's ever even spoken at a, at a conference. So I was really excited when he uh, accepted because I know he's been playing with the idea of moving on from the UFO field. And sure. Who knows if if he will or not, but he kind of felt like maybe this could be a last hurrah when it comes to UFOs. Right. And why not do it at the, the biggest event? So I think he's going to be very controversial, what he has to say. Um, but that's always fun. Controversy is not a bad thing. Of course, we often have it at the conference and it spawns a lot of discussion and debate and creates a, a, a vibe and an energy uh, that, that becomes fun. Absolutely. I mean, you and I talk about this so often, but the goal of the conference isn't to put together a, a, a church where people come and, yeah. you know, preach to the choir and pat each other on the back and, you know, all this. It's, it's presenting different ideas and hearing other viewpoints and having civil discussion. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, uh, certainly there's a lot of speakers here that, uh, I, you know, I'm not the only one who decides who the speakers are, nor have I ever been. Sure. Um, you know, but uh, so uh, even the people, though, that I do want to bring, um, it, it's because it's to present people who are doing real, uh, genuine uh, research. I think people whose hearts, in their hearts, they believe that they are trying to figure out this mystery and they're not trying to fool people. They're just trying to research and get information out. And even, and many of those, these people we disagree with. I think you and I luckily have similar views, but not right. on everything. Right. Um, nobody does. And so, uh, that's one aspect of this, yeah, is just bringing as many different voices and points of view as possible. So a quick side note, you know, and you can certainly include people from this upcoming event, too. But do you have a favorite person you can single out as, like, in your mind, to, to you personally, the most exciting person that we or others managed to bring to the International UFO Converse, Congress? Mm, that is a really tough one. I don't know if uh, I have an answer for myself either. You know, it's hard to yeah. to not, uh, you know, consider uh, Bob Lazar in that just because that was such a historical event, um, mm -hmm. being able to bring Bob to the conference. Um, you know, then we had Richard Hoover, a NASA astrobiologist, who yeah. got on stage and said, we found extraterrestrial life many times over. So that was really cool. And that was your work. You were able to get him to come. That was, that was a big, that was, that was, to me, that was huge. That's definitely one of the top. So yeah, so that's, that's a top one, but it's really hard to say, um, for me, I'm a lot of, you know, I'm a big fan of Nick Pope. Uh, I think, uh, some of the Travis events, things that we've had have been fun. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the kind of biggest, of course, Bob Lazar was a big deal. But Emily Trim, one of the witnesses sure. from the aerial event, that was just a real moment as well yeah. when she told her story and she had that emotion. That was, you know, just everybody who experienced that felt, wow, this is this is really an important moment. Um, so things like that, I think that, you know, this Travis Walton panel we'll, we're going to bring will be similar to that. Uh, we'll get that evoke those sort of emotions. Um but uh, I don't know. It, it's really hard to say who would be the best. Um, I am, even though, you know, we talked about having different perspectives. I'm excited to see Bill Burns. I know, you know, he and I certainly don't share all the same perspectives, but he's such a character. Right. 
He's such an interesting character, and we've got a lot of great characters. You know, Stephen Bassett, Linda Howe, those are really interesting characters. Reverend Michael Carter, I think, is a really interesting character. Um, Bryce Zabo, oh my gosh. I mean, talk about a character. Exactly. So. Uh, we've got a lot of that sort of thing, and, and those are always kind of fun moments. So it would, it's really hard to say. And what's fun, though, is emceeing it, right. is introducing all of these people. Because um, it's like doing a podcast, you know. It's fun to introduce them because it's I'm so excited that they're going to be on stage sharing their information. And uh, so it's a great it's great to be able to introduce these people and, and hopefully have the audience share in my excitement to bring them. Um, because everybody almost uh, practically, in fact, it would be just as hard of a question to ask who was really awful and who was just like, <laughs> you know, just yeah, was yeah, true. not worth it and you totally regret it. And uh, and that would be another hard one to answer because everybody has something interesting to share. That's right. That's why they're speaking at the International UFO Congress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So we touched on some of the lectures, um, so many more and uh oh i have one more thing to oh add sure there. sure go for it i was i i felt it was a great honor just like having robbie graham for the first time uh on stage i've i felt really honored to have ryan sprague i think he he's a great guy um i was really happy that we were able to bring him to the conference and he did an amazing job and uh that was one of the highlights for me recently was being able to ha be the first to bring him on stage that's very cool yeah and I know that one was uh, received quite well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cool for Ryan. So mm -hmm. there are plenty of great lectures, and that is the the real meat of the event. But uh, you know, this is something that has a large uh, vendor hall with exhibitors selling a variety of things. Um, you also have a film festival, right? Yeah, so we've got a film festival. It's packed uh, with movies this year. We only have – so what happens is the Tuesday, the day before the conference, everybody watches all – or volunteer judges come to the a back room at the conference, and they watch all the films. So they get there in the morning, and they watch films until the night. They watch all of them, and then they choose the top three for each category, long form and short form, and then we show those on Thursday and Friday night. This year, we only have three long forms, so they're all going to make it, but they're really tough competition. They're mm. all well-produced. Nice. And the short-form ones also are very well-produced. So I think that people are going to love these films. Um, I'll be posting who the people, the films are. I haven't even let them know that their entries have been accepted. I'll probably be doing that today or tomorrow and then post that on the website in the next couple of days as well. So, yeah, the film festival this year is going to be really good. That's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and new people. That, you know, people have never heard of. And that's really exciting. In fact, I think maybe only one or two of these people are repeats. That's surprising. Um, yeah. So they've never even submitted to the festival before. Wow. Oh, very mm -hmm. cool. Then something else that's always a highlight. And, you know, this is something that we get asked all the time. And that's, uh, you know, where, where where can I go to, to see a UFO? <laughs> or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how, how do I skywatch? Mm -hmm. And, you know, something... Pretty much every year, Ben Hansen is there, and this is something I really encourage people to do because it gives you the opportunity to see what super high-quality military-grade night vision can do and how it enhances your ability to see strange stuff in the sky at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ben's a great person to do it, too, because he's he's patient. 
Um, he's a great instructor. He does it a lot. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, something is seen. Now, typically, uh, at least I think I and I think Ben would feel that we've been able to explain everything that uh, has been seen at these mm -hmm. Nightwatch Skywatches that he does. However, uh, that uh, is not the case for everyone. <laughs> there right. are definitely people who walk away feeling that they had seen something that they feel is extraterrestrial in nature. And, sure. And uh, and who knows? But uh, so that's always a lot of fun. And but it's this fun is something that, that you and I agree on, and and we try to say this many times. But although it might be a little disappointing if you don't see an extraterrestrial spacecraft, it's incredibly valuable to see things in the sky with that night vision and then be able to explain them. I think it's incredibly important and valuable for people to see that stuff, go, wow, that's weird, and then hear what the explanation is mm -hmm. because that helps eliminate that when they see that in the future so they can focus on the more interesting things. Yeah, I think people get frustrated with people like us because of course. <laughs> um, we get excited when yeah. something gets explained. Right. And people, I think, get mad. Like, why are you excited? This doesn't prove, you know, what we're trying to to tell people right and it's because you know when you're looking for the truth and the real answers it's because now i know i can put that one aside and we all learned something we exactly. learn now how to identify this sort of of object whatever was misidentified yeah absolutely you're right <laughs> don't think people are are uh, as excited as we are about that stuff <laughs> yeah i wouldn't doubt it if we in the past had high-fived each other in the office because we figured something out and which <laughs> A yeah, lot of that definitely happened. Happy to hear, probably. <laughs> so, in the past, there have been um, awards presented at this conference. Are awards continuing this year beyond the film festival? Yeah, they are, and um, I think you're probably asking because the the conference ownership has changed hands. So, sure, uh, the owner of Open Minds used to own the conference, and now the conference is owned by Karen Brard, who uh, is the one who put on that. Travis Walton event and it is happens to be uh, my significant other mm -hmm. and um, yeah we're still going to do awards I mean okay. I think awards are really important I think it's important a, a lot of times people you know it can a lot of these people in some way are unsung heroes and I, I and of course it's always controversial when we make these awards because yes. people disagree with uh, sometimes not as much the lifetime achievement, but sometimes they disagree with the uh, researcher of the year. Right. Uh, but then again, you know, I took so much crap for last year, a right. ton of it. And I stood by the decision the entire year even and took it, you know, mm -hmm. bring it on. I'll tell you why we, we right. gave the award to Tom DeLonge. And I, I think that um, there are probably still some people who would disagree, but I've heard from dozens and dozens, a lot of people who say, okay. I guess, uh, you know, it, it, what he did is significant. So, um, and, and it was, I feel, so it was really important. And, and, um, it led to, you know, what's, what's happened in the last few weeks. Sure. So, so yeah, this year will probably be controversial again. Um, <laughs> we'll see, but, uh, it's fun because I think that it, it, these always go to people who put in a lot of effort and do some important things. Um, so yeah, well, we'll be doing it again. You, you probably already made made the decision, but uh, if I can throw throw my vote mm. in just to let you. So, um, the few weeks ago on Ryan Sprague's podcast, somewhere in the skies, we discussed who our 
researcher of the year might be uh -huh. if we were to name a researcher of the year. And I cast my vote for one of your speakers, Cheryl Costa. Oh, that's really interesting. Because Cheryl, you know, there, when it comes to UFO research these days, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, digging into files and looking at numbers and putting together data, you know, and she and, and her partner really did that and, and did it well with the, the book they released about UFO sighting statistics. So I agree. I mean, that's why she's there this year. And yeah. I think that the other aspect that I, I appreciate, which I'm sure you do as well, is is media. You and I are, are love the media. We're media yeah. guys. And she did all of this outreach to let people know about her book uh, and and the significance of that. You know, there are a lot more sightings out there than people realize. And and her book got written up in The New York Times. Uh, who knows? I can't remember all the other places, but tons. Yeah, she was very successful in generating outlets. those headlines and getting the attention and getting people yeah. to, to, to notice that. It was really cool to see. So before this DOD thing, really, her efforts uh, brought a lot of legitimacy to this to this field. And uh, I agree, she's she's done a tremendous job this year. And lastly, I think we most certainly need to talk about this exciting recent edition of Lou Elizondo. So tell me about that. Yeah, this has been super cool. We're so happy to be in contact with uh, Lou Elizondo, the man of the hour, the man of the decade, if you ask me, <laughs> at least regarding UFOs, because I think this is a this is probably I feel and I, I don't know if you feel the same. The most important thing to happen in this field since I've been involved with uh, following it Um it certainly is sort of earth shattering in, in our world and, and the world at large. I mean, this, yeah. yeah, because of his work and what he's done just in a matter of months has really altered uh, UFO history. <laughs> yeah. And the way people perceive it, I, I feel. So um, we're really happy to be in contact and he wanted to be at the conference, but he's not. However, he is allowing us to go to his home and videotape uh, an interview with him, and we're go we're asking for people to send us questions. Okay. Um, they can send them to Alejandro at uh, ufocongress.com, and then uh, we'll compile some questions. Of course, I have a ton that we'll be able <laughs> to sure. ask him. But this is really cool. So, um, as you know, you know there there we talked about earlier um, the researcher of the year award. Mm -hmm. And I think that no doubt Lou Elizondo would be one of the people, he is a UFO researcher in secret, right. but, um, you know, he was doing that. And, um, he, this was really cool. I want to read to you what he said. He said, I don't want any sort of award at all. Wow. Um, he said, in fact, if there is indeed an award to be given, it should be awarded as a group to all those in the UFO community who have been ridiculed and marginalized and yet somehow doggedly persisted in their pursuit of the truth, despite the naysayers and the cynics. Um, what a nice guy. Yeah. And he's, he continues to talk like that. He he was really excited to come to the conference to uh, mingle with these people because you can tell. And he says he was partly inspired by these people who have been looking into this. Mm. So he really has a lot of sympathy and uh, appreciates the people that are interested in all of this and have been looking into it for years. So That's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So I think eventually here, um, as time rolls on. 
Um, he's asked me, you know, um, if you want me to talk to some people, that's cool. So I'll be getting him in contact with a lot of people. And I think as cool. time goes on, we'll all be communicating with him and interacting with him. And I think that's going to be another huge benefit for this field because he's just a really cool, genuine person, um, with obviously incredible experience. Now, of course, there are some things that he can't talk about still, but uh, even what he can talk about and being someone of his caliber that is willing to out be out here with us looking into this topic is is a huge gain will yeah. be a huge benefit for all of us. So we are extremely excited about that. Uh, we couldn't be happier. We wanted for that Saturday night spot to have it related to um, this whole situation. Sure. And luckily we got the best guy you could imagine for it. That's fantastic. What a great addition. And mm -hmm. when, uh, I know you, you need to move on this. So when is uh, the, the deadline really for people who want to submit questions for possible? The deadline about getting them to us by uh, next, by Friday the 19th would be Friday probably the, the best. Okay, yeah. cool. So that would be the sooner, the better. Though. Alejandra at ufocongress.com you said? Exactly. All right. Fantastic. Well, that's super exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. Yeah, fantastic. Well, what is one thing, I know there are many things, but uh, if you had to name one thing that uh, might be something that uh, somebody from the general public, you know, somebody uh, in the local Phoenix area who is just kind of casually interested in UFOs, um, what's one, one thing that uh, someone from the general public might find most interesting at the conference this year? <laughs> one thing. Can I do three? You can do three. What a yeah. salesman. Good for you. <laughs> I'll do it real quick. Just because T.L. Keller, we have it. He actually, I've wanted him to speak for a while because he was an engineer who worked in the space and aerospace industry. A uh, good friend with Jan Harzan, who runs MUFON. And, and um, I'm really excited that he'll be speaking this year. And he's going to be talking about aerospace and just observation of different craft. And, and are some of them ours or some of them theirs? I think that's going to be really fascinating. Uh, along those lines, we have a guy who used to work for NASA his entire career. And this is another win for Karen because this guy has kind of been behind the scenes helping out MUFON and other organizations. And this is the first time he's going to come talk. Uh, this is Alan Holt, who is a NASA project uh, analyst, uh, manager. And the other person that I think is really fun is, is Dean Alioto, who's a filmmaker. And he made this film as a student uh, about alien abduction. And what's shocking is this is before – this was a first-person thriller, found footage thriller, way before Blair Witch or any of them. Hmm. And it was a big hit. And to this day, there are a lot of people who have all these conspiracy theories around his film. Hmm. So he thinks that's funny. He hasn't wanted to talk about any of it. And he decided, you know what? I want to do it. I'm going to see if these UFO Congress people will let me talk about it. And so he's going to be talking about that. And I'm really excited about that. But um, one last thing is we have a, a large number of women this year, which is a lot of fun. And I think that's something great with the Karen. I, we always focus on that. I mean, right. trying to bring as many as possible. And um, Karen, uh, I think, done a lot of great outreach. So uh, everything from Jennifer Stein with some great research on rock, crop circles to uh, abduction researchers like Susie Hansen and Nancy Duterte and and, um, and then Susan Palmer, who's a, who's a 
professor of sociology, going to talk about the sociology of all of this. And then Anne Druffle's daughter, because Anne Druffle, uh, famous, very famous in this field, uh, she's gotten quite old and she couldn't make it to travel mm. out. We've been trying to get her. But her daughter decided to come and talk. And her daughter is wonderful. She does talks um, for a church group about climate change around the world. She's, she's, she is a lecturer. And uh, it's going to be wonderful to have her talk about her mom's work. Wow, that's really cool. Fantastic. So I got in like five or six. Yeah, you, you squeezed it, but that's all right. No, I definitely think that's <laughs> stuff that uh, the general public would be interested in. Yeah. So, all right, we're looking at February 14th through the 18th for the International UFO Congress. Where can people go to get tickets? Yeah, ufocongress.com. So ufocongress.com. Don't forget that URL is ufocongress.com. And that's where people can get tickets. And really, the tickets, if you want to come for the weekend, um, it's a steal. I mean, it's only like 100 bucks. It's, it's a little more than that. If you want to come for the entire thing, it's about 300 But there are we're not the most expensive event even though we're more than twice as long as most of the, the other events. So a lot of these weekend events are priced even higher than we are. So it, it's a great deal. Bang for your buck. Yeah. All right. And let's talk lodging. Obviously, the host hotel mm. is a major booked out O. So where would you recommend people go to find lodging nearby the event? Yeah, that is an important thing. We sell out earlier and earlier. I mean, I mean, you know, when you and I went and looked for venues um, and we chose the hotel we did, we it had enough rooms for the number of people right. that used to come to the conference. And we didn't know if we were going to get the attendance that right. they had gotten in the past. We were lucky in that we got more than we ever wanted. And um the hotel keeps booking out earlier and earlier every year. It's kind of like our own little mini Comic-Con. Right. So this one, this time it booked out in August before we had even announced any speakers or anything. Wow. All that was up was a date in the conference. Yeah. The, the hotel was booked up. So Crazy. it is booked. You can get on a waiting list. Sometimes people get on, but I would recommend that people go look at other options. And there are plenty. So if you go to the um, lodging page at the ufocongress.com, you're going to see a whole list of other places you can stay. Uh, now some of those are starting to get booked up because uh, you know now that people are going to the secondary. But some of these places offer discounted prices for us. So you'll see that there. Um, otherwise, we also have more towards the bottom some of the very affordable places. So... You could save a lot of money by staying, for example, at the Econo Lodge and then renting a car because you can rent a car for like 20 bucks a day these days. So uh, that's another option. Well, excellent. And like you said, you've got all that information at ufocongress.com, a very informative website with all the information you could possibly want about the International UFO Congress. Alejandro, thank you so much for taking the time to gab all things International UFO Congress, and I look forward to seeing you there, buddy. Yeah, I can't. I'll look forward to seeing you too. It was a lot of fun. A big thank you to Alejandro for taking the time to tell us a little about this year's conference. The website for the event again is ufocongress.com. I'll be at the 2018 International UFO Congress here and there to cover the event for Rogue Planet, probably doing some live streaming and other fun stuff. 
watch the website or our social channels when we get closer to the event for more details on what we'll be up to. That's going to do it for this episode of Unknown. If you're interested in more content like this show, swing by our website, rogueplanet.tv. You can also join our Rogue Planet Facebook group. That's where you'll be able to read more about the things we discuss on this show and other Rogue Planet shows and interact with us too. And best of all, the Facebook group makes it easy for you to post things that interest you, you know, the things that you'd like us to cover on our shows. Just search Rogue Planet TV on Facebook and you'll find us. You can always email me at jason at rogueplanet.tv, use the contact form on the website, or check out the contact page on rogueplanet.tv and find our mailing address if you want to send us some good old-fashioned mail. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do me a favor, friends. Stay strange. Stay strange.